the show started like eight <laughs> seconds ago, but the encoder was frozen. I couldn't. Uh, listen, this day's been full of a lot of difficulties. So um, <laughs> I'll start with this. I'll start with this. So I am an employed individual Woo-hoo! now. Yay! I've got a job. Uh, I mean, it's not Huzzah. a it's not a full time job, and it, it is a minimum wage job. But I do have a job. And yeah, I hope, that's good enough. I hope one day I age. could, uh, you know, get a full time. That's, that's the dream now is full time job. Mm. Yep, pretty but, much um, with benefits. Right, well, <laughs> benefits are. Important. I mean, I would like to have everything with benefits if I could. Yeah. But, you know, oh, it's, goodness. You know what? I gotta drop that thing and say I'm unemployed with full benefits. Dude, go Canada, Brendan. <laughs> Brendan right. Listen, Brendan. Brendan, let me tell you one thing. <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you were unable to be on the show today, it would have broken my heart a little bit only because I've had so many co-hosts unable to be on this show because of various circumstances. I feel like I'm like dodging boulders every single week I try to do this show. I won't be here next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I won't be here. She won't be here no, next week. Yeah, next week we'll, we'll, we'll see how, nobody we, here, nobody here. how we do that show. Well, okay, Who so, do I send unsolicited pictures to if no one else is here? <laughs> Oh yeah, speaking of which, okay, speaking of which, you can still send it to me. Let me bring this bullshit up right now. (laughs) No, no, listen to this. So I, listen to this. So you know how it work, and speaking of me having a job, you know how it work, how you have like a chat room that you create for just the workers, and you keep the management out, so you can like have like real conversations. So you can also talk shit. Yeah, you can talk shit about the management. (laughs) Yeah, so I, you know, we have a chat group for all the people who host this show called Far Tortuga. Um, I, I call it Far Tortuga randomly because I remembered a random ass book I, I once heard about. Anyway, oh, and whatever. Oh, from Pirates oh. of the Caribbean. Well, it is kind of, it, it was, I think, like a Caribbean-y sailing oh, okay. what a pirate nerd. book. But the point is, it's called Far Tortuga. The point is, I just found out today before the show started <laughs> that I guess Courtney and Ken and Brendan. No, no. No? No, no. No. Just Courtney and Brendan? Yes. Oh, Ken's not included? Ken's not included. Is Ryan included? <laughs> no. Oh, well, I don't give a shit about that thing. Okay. Oh, you thought... Oh. I thought this was like everybody in a group talking shit about me Wait. I'm the boss. Noosh, the world does not revolve around you. Well, you know, sometimes it's hard to remember that when I'm the only one talking Wait. in my Wait, head. there was a thing where we're talking shit about you? Yes. Why was yeah. I not invited? No, I, thought, right. I thought Ken thought would be the number one person in that... <laughs> no, I, you know me. I, I, I talk about shit you to your face i'm, yeah. I'm that kind of guy he's a true friend yeah oh yeah okay well uh anyways uh, well i guess bullet dodge i guess that's fine yeah, you know? yeah good job twat <laughs> <laughs> so every single time we're doing this show and we are you know i'm doing the sound checks when i activate each of the mics and i turn up the volume to get you know a, the right sound balance i always say all right you know, turning on so-and-so, turning on so-and-so. So every single time, every week, I say, turning on Courtney. She just laughs. She's like, you what, wish. What other reaction would you like? Well, I mean, if I'm turning you on, clearly I'd like a better reaction okay. than you laughing. That's, I guess. Fair enough. Noosh has terrible memories of being laughed at in these situations. Let's not. <laughs> no. Okay, want me to tell you a funny thing? Okay, I'll tell you a funny thing. So one time, I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys ever. One time, uh, in the middle of doing stuff, Okay. Right? Yeah. You have to continue now. I You're know. too far into well, it. Now I You're too far into it. So, continue, please. Uh, <laughs> anyway, well, the girl said something to the ilk of like, so, you know, what can I do to, you know, help you finish? Or like something like that. Like, what can I do to like, <laughs> wink, wink. you know, whatever. And so. Was I, there a wink, wink? I wanted to say the funniest 
possible thing. I, I want to say something really <laughs> funny. So I looked right in her eyes and I said, talk about anime with me. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you that's look a- like the dude, too. Well, <laughs> that's how you lose a girl. <laughs> you heard and- it here. <laughs> and that was the last time. <laughs> Get ready. So, welcome to another episode of From Courtney to Ken. <laughs> I'm your host, Danushka Kumara Singha. Today we've got Brendan Kidney, I hope. <laughs> Ken Tran, yeah. Courtney Rajan, Ania Dawson is our guest for today. So, for today, what I'm going to be saying is if we were My Little Ponies characters. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my oh, dear God. God. This is. I actually hate that show. <laughs> this is who we would be. Okay. Oh so. Starting with, I mean, the e- the easiest one for me is Brendan. E- easy. Brendan's oh, Rainbow no. Dash. No doubt Brendan's Rainbow Dash because Rainbow Dash is the most likely to break down a door. Easy. <laughs> easy. Okay. Rainbow Dash. Uh, Ken, you would be Fluttershy. You would definitely be Fluttershy. Which one is that one? Fluttershy is the shy one. <laughs> I'm the, the shy boy. one? Yeah. He's been very vocal. <laughs> no, no, but he's, 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 he's said it many times before. He's internally... That guy. Okay. Or his, so he says to me. He has a look of confusion. Eh. <laughs> He's kind of like, eh. Listen, man, you're, you're either Fluttershy or Applejack. And listen, there's only one person who's Applejack. Speaking of, Ryan is Applejack. Because Applejack is the most moral, mm-hmm. kind, courageous, good-hearted. She's a, she's a Southern gal, you know? Oh, okay. That's, that's Applejack. <laughs> um, Courtney, you would be Twilight Sparkle. Okay. What's the defining qualities? Of well, Twilight Sparkle is the main character, first of all. Oh, okay. She Whoa, is, I got my own show. Yeah, she's the main character. She is the one who binds everybody together. <laughs> she is the book reader. Okay. You know. Okay, that's yeah. that cute. Yeah. I'll that's go with cute. that. Okay. So here's oh, we're the thing. going to that one again. Well, There's only... you'll have to remind me of the names later of who you're equating everyone with, and we'll do a post on Instagram yeah. of everyone next to their My Little Pony character. Okay. For the la- for the There's only two left, right? Okay. Now, here's the thing. Sure. <laughs> I would, I'm going to tell you what Ania would be, but the okay. thing is, what she would be is what I would be if Ania wasn't here. The problem is Ania does what I do better than me. So because of that, Ania automatically is this character. Okay. Ania is Pinkie Pie. P- Pinkie Pie is like the wild, wacky, crazy one who sings songs. Like she'll just yeah. suddenly start singing a song out of nowhere. <laughs> She's the crazy one on the on the group. Okay. That would have been me, but Ania kind of beats me at that. Okay. So yeah, we're it's... Space Jam's hoodie right now. Yeah, so. I mean, she's got the, the Space Jam T-shirt. You know, for crying uh, out loud. I was looking at that. So when, yeah. when that came out, it was popular. I actually had a Taz um, jersey that I awesome. wore. Bed sheets. Oh no. I had I had Space Jam bed sheets. Bed, okay. no, I, I did not hear Space Jam bed sheets. For my birthday party one year. Can I just say though, yeah, what? when you first said bed sheets, I didn't hear bed sheets, I heard butt sheets. And I'm like, what well. the hell is that? <laughs> what, what is what is what is butt sheets? I don't sheets? think I don't think I want to know what butt sheets <laughs> but, are. No, 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 your butt sheets are guys. They probably it's another exist. name for toilet paper. And if they don't exist, 
they should. Basically, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. a lot of people like to sleep naked, and then they say it's good for you, sleep naked, right? Mm -hmm. Problem with sleeping naked is this. You got to wash your bed sheets more often because your bed sheets get dirtier faster. Butt sheets are basically a small pad you place in the crotch butt area (laughs) on top of your sheets. That way it'll soak up all your shit. Not they, your shit. They kind of had that. Don't they use Michael that in hospitals Jordan for people? Bugs <laughs> Basically, it's like <laughs> hospital sheets. Yeah. It's like that, that clear wait, paper. Is this, wait, is this real? No, I'm saying it should be. Oh. Oh, no, he was saying that. But, <laughs> but no, it's basically hospital, what they use in hospitals, or yeah. uh, puppy pads, what you use to yeah, train dogs. Basically, <laughs> guys, human puppy pads. Puppy pads or... Hashtag human puppy how pads. How about diapers, then? So, uh, speaking <laughs> of which... you're not sleeping naked. The yeah. only, okay, sorry, go ahead. The only character left is Rarity. And actually, Rarity is my favorite character too. Okay. But the only re- the only way that I match up with Rarity is in one possible way. It's because Rarity is definitely the person who's like when she's like working, she's like on it. She's like, guys, guys, focus on this, focus on that. Like she's yeah, like, that's you. She's like micromanaging you. girl, you know. But she's, yeah, I love her. She's cool. She's, you know, you know, her like thing you. is, she's full of it, but she's down to earth and she has a good heart. It sounds oh, that's like what, me. That's what matters. That's, 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 that's definitely that's me. news. That's I mean, definitely I mean, news. when I found out that my teammates had their own private <laughs> chat where they talk shit about me, I didn't get mad. <laughs> yes, you did. Okay. You yes, so you did. Yes, you did. But that wasn't the case. Anyway, Ania, our, our guest for today, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Um, let's see. I'm 27. I'm in my last semester here at uh, Cal State Dominguez Hills. Congrats. Yes, almost I'm there. A, I'm a communications major like Noosh was, except I'm a media studies focused major. I actually did a radio show for two years. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the Franz, Ania, Tanisha. No, no, it was just Franz and Ania. Okay, it well, was always Franz uh, no, no, and listen, Ania. I'm, I'm going to tell this to the <laughs> listeners, though. Her show was Franz and Ania, but then they added two more co-hosts, and they changed the name to, like, Franz, Anisha, Ta- Tanisha, and Tara. And, and fat show. And then, fat and then they got rid of one, and it was, like, three of them, <laughs> and then they all quit. I mean, it was it was chaotic. It was a chaotic yeah, experience. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I did a radio show for two years, and because of my weight loss journey i've been going on for the past eight months i have somehow gained a following on instagram nice so you now. instagram your photos and people are like oh this girl's like got like motivation and she's like well i put up like positive so like what i do is i do like a stats post of like my workout and then i do like a motivational like one minute video on instagram about like anything dealing with life like it could be anything and i like i try to keep it positive except this past sunday i did do a rant video so. dude actually at work i t- i told him i want to do this because they have this thing called like i don't know like thought tuesday or something i don't know they, they have thought this thing tuesday. i don't know okay. all they all i know is they get like photos of like nature and stuff like that and they put like a motivational quote so i said yeah. one of the things i would put at work i want to i I want to get a picture. This is like a ridiculous one. I want okay. to get a picture of like a waterfall. Okay. And then I want to put on top of it the quote, you know, if you don't reach too far, you're not reaching at all. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But I, I like the idea of a quote that doesn't make sense. No, it, on top it, of- and the weird part was that would make sense to someone like me. I did not plan on the Instagram following off of weight loss. I was just doing it because I know a lot of my friends, they have struggles with it and everything. I actually just did the same kind of thing recently. Um, I haven't actually mentioned this on this show. I've, within the last year, lost 150 pounds. Damn. (laughs) Dude, Brenda, you lost a noosh, man. That's like, that's like my, that's like a little over my body weight. You now have to figure your weight in terms of noosh. Yeah, dude. (laughs) I I lost a noosh. 
have you lost, lost one noosh. I, I wow. mean, mine is considered a, a little child how much I lost, but it's like, I don't have any you, kids. You, you lost dude, a grown-ass man, Brendan. You really did. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Well, congrats to both of you on your, like, accomplishments, you know? Yeah, that's Thank something. You. Thank that's you. something. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I mean, so, but um, I'm trying to revamp my YouTube channel because the whole point I wanted to do this was I wanted to be a content creator that is just okay with being themselves and helping people be the little happy superstars that they're supposed to be in their <laughs> own way. Um, but I'm also doing it because I want to express to young girls, especially as young as like five or seven yeah. years old, like, you know, you don't have to rush. Like, even if you think you're different now, that's going to help you when you get older. That's why I tell people um, I'm not just a fitness person. I'm a motivational person. It's not about weight loss. It's about mentally being a better you. Like, for me, I wasn't accepted for my personality for a long time. It's not about shedding pounds. It's about shedding negativity. Exactly. (laughs) Put that in front of a waterfall. (laughs) (laughs) Arno, to be counterproductive, if you put that on a picture of, like, donuts or something. So the topic for today's story, well, I mean, here's the thing. The topic for today's story was going to be mm-hmm. like eccentric or eccentricity, yeah. but we've kind of, you know, narrowed it down even further oh, okay. to <laughs> emperors. Oh, okay. I didn't know we were changing it to that. It's, the, the topic is emperors. <laughs> All right. That works. Yeah. So Courtney, <laughs> All take <right>. it away. <laughs> well, let's talk about the first emperor, probably the only emperor of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the thing. I will say this. I don't know where, but I know I've heard this story before somewhere. I don't know anything about it. I don't know. I don't remember any of the details, but I know I heard the story of well, the American emperor. I can tell yes. you where I heard this. I, I heard it. They talked about it briefly on the podcast that I listened to, No Such Thing as a Fish. Okay. They, okay. they brought it up, and I'm like, that's so interesting. I quickly ran to my whiteboard in my room, and I wrote down the name. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background information, right. and then we'll, we'll get into that. Oh. So let's meet Joshua Abraham Norton. He was born in Britain, and he spent his youth in South Africa before he moved to San Francisco. Okay, I mean, already, this guy is, like, he's more well-traveled than most people. (laughs) Here's the thing. For some reason, I imagined the first American emperor would come from humble beginnings, but he's already lost that that check mark in Why? my book because he's been to South Africa he's I've traveled I've been to South Africa and I've been to Britain and I've lived in San Francisco I don't well you know you, you're <laughs> Courtney Listen, for Empress Courtney, Courtney yeah I mean Courtney Courtney you did Africa? you did you think when were you in Africa I went to South Africa in um, 2007 with my class um, when I was in New York did oh. you go back to the, the actual motherland? I mean, I would say our motherland, but we have separate motherlands. I have not been to, so you, I have you, not been to okay. India. I don't know if I want to go to India. Yeah. But the joke that my siblings and I all have is that if we ever go to India, one suitcase will be dedicated just to toilet paper. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's, no. That's, that's your white side. That that's, is totally that's, my white that's side. I white embrace side. it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, so back to Joshua. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really have, I mean, his family was okay. They weren't really anything. I mean, they were just merchants, you know, nothing really mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. So he made it over into San, into San Francisco. He came during the gold rush in 1849. Um, and he got into the real estate business. Um, and he had, according to some uh, stories about him, he did have $40,000 
that might have been left to him from his father after he died. What year was this? Like how long ago? 1849. Okay, so I mean, fifty, forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand. The guy's rich. I mean, the guy's yeah. rich. Oh yeah. 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 This guy was like the son of like Leland Stanford or something. Yeah. Like yeah. he was. He's a wealthy guy. Well, he he was pretty smart, according to some store, some reports. He was able to take that original forty and turn it into a quarter million dollars. Hmm. So he's he's doing pretty good for himself yeah. in San Francisco. So a quarter of a million dollars back, back then. Back then. Yeah. Okay, I mean, back yeah, definitely. Then. This guy did not. He is set for life. He he started as an emperor, and he's going to yeah. end as an emperor. Yes. <laughs> well, so so he did he uh, he did that, and then he decided to try something out, and so there was a rice shortage. In eighteen forty, in eighteen fifty three. Sorry. By the way, where is this? San Francisco. San, San Francisco. Francisco. So he's in California. So he's okay. in California. He came out during the Gold Rush Day. So everyone mm-hmm. is kind of looking for their fortune right. during yeah. this time. So hold in uh, December eighteen fifty two, China was having a severe famine, and so they right. decided to ban exports on rice. So Norton mm. thought to himself, "Hmm, let me see if Dude, I can corner this by the way, market." That is really funny because the Chinese banned rice into America, and the Americans banned Chinese into America. It was. I mean, at least you know what? Because for a long time, I didn't know about this rice ban. For a long time, I was always like, mm-hmm. "Man, do the Americans suck back then? They banned uh, the Chinese." Yeah. But I guess the Chinese, at least they got some kind of uh, payback. Well, they, yeah, they banned Chinese, but not too many because a lot of them worked on the railroads and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, right, so. but the, the, that was no, – that's afterwards. Is that the afterwards? Because you said that your story is in 18 what? 1850s So, I mean, 1870s is when they started – the 1870s, 80s is when the Chinese Exclusion Act started. Oh, okay. So oh, so this kind of started. So there's a ban on rice. So oh, you're, you're said, saying maybe the Americans remember the Chinese banning their yes, rice. Like, like, oh, you don't give us rice? I mean, we'll get back I mean, at you. I mean, I'm sorry. I am. I love the United States and everything, but we are the country of pettiness at its finest. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that is very true. That is true. So there's the ban. So Norton thinks to himself, okay, hmm, I think there might be an opportunity here. So he hears about a ship returning from Peru called the Glide. And it has 200,000 pounds of rice. So what he does is he buys all of this rice for $25,000, the whole thing, to try to corner that market on rice. However, after signing the contract for that and he's going to do it, other ships from Peru come in with a lot of rice. And so that drops the price of rice. So he wait, he buys rice from the... Peruvians. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then the Peruvians still come in with their own fleet. Yeah, of ships. he thought that was going to be the only ship. He in. was going to be like the. He, he's basically like the. He wanted to become a rice conglomerate. Like the, 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 the South Sea, the South Sea bubble, but for like South American Peruvian rice. Basically. Yes. He, he is the, the the American Peruvian Indies company. Yeah. <laughs> you can work on that. Title, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on the naming. Um. So, so because all this other rice came in that he was not aware of, that caused rice to drop to down to um, three cents per pound, and so that just completely messed up everything. Um, he actually, from 1853 to 1857, he was in litigation over this because he was trying to back out of it. He's just like, I wasn't told about this. It's it's a lie. I I I, I need to get my money back. By blah, the way, blah. I mean, the Peruvians, <laughs> they like. They, like mess with one dude like one dude they're like they knew they're gonna send a fleet of peruvian rice ships <laughs> but they're like this one guy fuck this guy we're gonna we're gonna make him buy this rice yes. and then not tell him about the 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 rice aid coming in the the green piece of rice coming in 
Yeah, so for four years... Rice core. Rice core. <laughs> so for four years, he's in litigation trying to get out of this. The lower courts actually sided with Norton, but it actually ended up all going up to the California Supreme Court, and they went against him. As a result of this, in 1858, he had to declare bankruptcy. Lost <laughs> all his money in so rice. So rice. All he had was in rice. rice. In rice. Oh, sorry. He had no furniture, but he had rice. I would have exactly. used that rice to like make a bed. Well, I mean, I mean, so dude, Ania's got the rice. That's the creativity talk. She's got the right idea. I mean, you can do a lot with rice. You can sleep on it. You can eat it. You can, you can stay write warm. on it. Oh wait! Oh, and you can write on it, dude. Like seriously, you can get drunk on rice, no, man. Yeah, rice, wine. rice wine, yeah. rice wine. Oh, there is rice wine. Yeah, dude, I would have like used some like super glue and made some shoes out of that. Like I would have came up with no, my no, no, own no, no, rice. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's uh, that, that's stretching a little bit. You wouldn't use the rice to make shoes or clothes. You use the sacks, girl. You use the sacks. <laughs> you sew the sacks into shoes and clothes. Why? Because oh, because you know what? If it, water touches. It is gonna soak up. What, what are you mm-hmm. gonna do with the sacks? That's the, that's what you gotta think about. What am I gonna use the sacks to wrap up my hair? Well, I mean, the same thing. That's clothes. That's clothes. I was talking about if, okay. What if I use the sacks and I glued rice on the sacks and start you know making like little pattern stuff, like little like well, right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta design everything. it. You gotta yeah, he really, yeah. He, he, he really, he really needed you back then because he just wasted the rice. I mean, re- I mean, really, what he didn't have was somebody who can like market it, design it, make a make a brand out of like rice. rice. <laughs> he could have he could have been the Leland Stanford of rice if he had Nania. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, there's a lot. I I don't know like how marketing was back then i mean if there was somebody who was genius enough to do it i mean i i mean like i'm i'm thinking like everything was different back then but i was like man you could have really turned it because and there was a rice shortage there was a rice shortage first of all i would have been like you know what hold the phone i would have did this i said you know what since there's a chinese the, the china had the rice ban i would have turned that over and been like you know what I'm going to sell it dude, over here. Dude, you know what I would have done? I, I would have done this one of two things. One, mm-hmm. you either market it as like, well, this is all American rice. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that Peruvian You're junk, right. that that ain't American. I, this is gr- American grown. I would have turned Sold that. by an American. Right. Or number two, you do the exact same thing about like American grown rice, mm. but you sell to the Chinese. <laughs> there there, you go. There's nothing more American than selling <laughs> to the things else Chinese China. people. Dude, selling to China is see, the most American see, thing. And he he could have turned that around and he could have made like stupid buku money. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys need to get in a time machine and go help wait, wait, why, figure why, this out. Okay, do you know why he bought the rice though? Well, because there was a shortage. There was a shortage. Yeah. There was a rice shortage. In, in America? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Who in America well, eats in rice? Or maybe there he, maybe he thought, rice. I don't know if there actually was a shortage, but maybe he thought because China was banning export of oh, rice okay. that there would eventually be. So, he so by him thought. buying all oh, that. Oh, okay. So, by him buying all that, he's like, okay, I'm going to corner this market. I'm going to go ahead and get a jump on it. Dude, his I'm problem was this. His problem is he's from the 1800s, and he just thought, well, rice comes from China. It comes from Asia. He didn't realize, oh, wait, the South Americans, the, the Latinos, <laughs> they eat rice. rice. Right? He, <laughs> he wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Now yeah. that we learned that he had to declare bankruptcy because yeah. he lost right. some money over rice, and he was stupid. Like, <laughs> so, even, wait, wait, so yes. he, by the way, so he, went to, he had to go to court for this. Mm-hmm. He had to go because he was trying to get out of it. That right. was the deal. And what did the judge say? The judge is just like. I didn't read any decisions. I just know that the lower court sided with him yeah. but then it went up to the california supreme court and they went against him it went to the california it went supreme, to the california court. supreme court and they sided uh, with the other like maybe the peruvians i guess i yeah. don't know mm-hmm. um and as a result i guess he spent all his money fighting this <laughs> so then he had to declare bankruptcy what's this guy's name joshua what 
Uh, Joshua Abraham Norton. So it is it, Joshua Norton versus the Peruvian <laughs> Pacific. Maybe it's the a, Peruvian maybe it's Pacific against... Rice Company. Company. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. The Peruvian <laughs> Pacific, Pacific Rice, Rice Company. Company. <laughs> dude, dude, we named that company right now. <laughs> Hashtag. Yes, Copyright in- that. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> So after the court case and he has to declare bankruptcy, he disappears. And then September 1859, the Rice Emperor disappears, marches into the offices of the San Francisco Bulletin with a royal decree in hand saying, I am the emperor of these United States. (laughs) By the way, you you skip. I mean, I don't know if you're going to tell us the journey, but that, that is quite a journey to go from fallen rice baron yes. to uh-huh. emperor of the United States of America. Well, I didn't... Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to go through some of this stuff. He probably Why buy have. foreign rice when you can buy kingly rice? Yay! Yes. There you go. No. You could have been his PR What rep. makes kingly rice better than other rices? It's here. You don't have to go far. It's all American. <laughs> we'll make American rice great again. <laughs> God. Oh, no. Oh, no. 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 I'm going to build a wall so the Peruvian and the Chinese rice can't get into this country. Goodness, Lord. <laughs> so uh, his official title was Norton I, Emperor of the United States. Um, his, he, and he continued throughout his 20-year reign... He continued to go into the news, and the newspapers would publish each of his decrees well, that and, he would come out. And let's be clear, it's San Francisco newspapers. I mean, they'll print anything. <laughs> <laughs> so one of his first decrees, he, um, he aside from naming himself emperor, mm-hmm. was in October 1859. I'm just going to read you part of his decree, because okay. I just think okay. it's... it's Good. Okay. So he writes, um, it is represented to us that the universal suffrage as now existing through the union is abused, that fraud and corruption prevent a fair and proper expression of the public voice, that open violation of the laws are constantly occurring, caused by mobs, parties, factions, and undue influence of political sex. And I'm going to skip down. Political sex? Political sex. Sex. S-E-C-T-S. Oh. Uh, no, I thought she sex. talked about sex. sex. Like, yeah. somebody got to do it in the closet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some, I mean, some, some people do. Sometimes <laughs> the only way to get a bill passed is to give a hand job. Whoa, 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 whoa. So I'm gonna skip down. Then he goes. Uh, we here do we do hereby abolish Congress. Congress <laughs> can't speak right now, and it is therefore abolished. And we order and desire the representation of all parties. Blah blah. blah. So he basically, he's just saying abolish. Uh, Congress is no longer here. I am now fully in charge of everything. And I just thought it was interesting that he's saying that. You know. Citizens cannot be guaranteed protection anymore. The government is just out of whack. So we just we're gonna just get rid of it. So we're we're just going back to like the wild days of hunters and gatherers. No, he's saying uh, I'm in charge. Oh. I'm gonna I'm I'm taking over because the people over in Washington are dumbasses. Okay. Yeah, but so, nobody listened to him, right? Yeah. No. Well, no. So again, again in in, no, in, in it, July, it how badly they want that rice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how bad's that shortage? Later on in, in July of 1860, he's like, okay, you guys didn't listen to me. I'm saying it again. Congress is no longer here, and he he throughout yeah. his term as emperor. Weird. He keeps saying, putting out decrees saying, Congress, you're no longer here. Stop violating my Who rules. Is president <laughs> during this time period? I must know. Um, Lincoln <laughs> is part of it. Because so as they're about to go into the Civil War, actually, um, he again says, you know, 
Congress is gone. We're we're now going to be under a monarchy, and I'm going to be the ruler. You know, right at the at the beginning of the Civil War, and then later when France invaded Mexico, he decided to add to his name. So he's now going to be Norton the First, Emperor of the United States and Protector of Mexico. In 1868, he decide he uh, made a decree that Andrew Johnson, um, because he tried to usurp, he tried to usurp or something uh-huh. but he, and if, if he's found guilty because i guess he was gonna go on trial he's like if behead him or send him here to black the emperor's boots <laughs> he wanted to behead andrew johnson <laughs> so how did um san francisco and other places that might have heard of him react to it mm-hmm. they loved him norton was able to get prime seating at theaters for free <laughs> for for opening nights on plays um restaurants were offering him free food they would let him eat and as a part of that, they they made a deal. They said, if if you if we give you food, um, please give us permission to uh, post an imperial seal of approval stating by appointment to His Imperial Majesty Norton the First. So they <laughs> he he completely got he got this. This dude scammed. Listen, so this many is, like I said, dude, this is the thing about San Francisco. Stuff like this can happen there. Yeah, really? like there's there's story. Like there, uh, this is for another day. But there's like a mm-hmm. story about like this cult that started in like the richest part of mm-hmm. San Francisco mm-hmm. called the Pendragon. And oh, I heard about that. And their goal was to build a laser to bi- to melt the San Francisco Bridge. <laughs> and they all thought of themselves as knights. <laughs> and I mean, you know, that's that's San Francisco. <laughs> Who doesn't love laser knights? <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you about this other incident. So in 1867, he was actually arrested. The officer decided to commit him um, involuntary for treatment for a mental Treason. disorder. Treason. That's how people thought. People were pissed. Yeah. Newspapers are printing editorials. They're like, no, let him out right now. Uh, you know, He didn't do anything. And the chief of police at the time actually said, after all this public outcry, like, yes, we're, we're going to release him. And he th- he actually issued an apology, and he said he shed no blood, robbed no one, despoiled no country, which is more than can be said of his fellows in that line. So, I'm like, he's like a, he's a homeless person, and he's crazy, but at least he's not doing what the other homeless people Man, are doing. Man, you know, you, you didn't mention he was homeless till just now. Well, he and my did, heart just broke a well, little bit. Well, no, he wasn't really homeless, too. but no, he, 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 I think he had, he had a small place, but he had no money. He was yeah. literally living off, off of rice, off of rice <laughs> and the goodness still... of people. <laughs> you lost all your money everyone giving rice. him those free meals seems so much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so, and in 1871, a printing firm actually made currency for him with his own Dude, seal I, I on also, the money. I also wow. hope that like he made friends with the Chinese or something, because then <laughs> at least the Chinese would be like, hey man. Here's some soy sauce. Make that rice taste better. Oh, or some sweet and sour. <laughs> or sweet, sweet and sour. Sweet and sour, like, I mean. all day. <laughs> Just put some butter, some sweet and sour. You're going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so it, people continue to love him, and people would, would pay taxes, air quotes, taxes to him, so that, but really it was just like their handouts to help him with whatever needs that he had. Um, officers would give him a new uniform if his wore out, and lawmakers even used city money um, from the public funds to help him with his royal wardrobe. San royal wardrobe. Dude, yes, San this is which consist which consisted of. This is what he always wore. He wore an epaulette adorned navy coat, which is like a navy coat with like oh um, usually God. like the tassels so, on. So the, basically, he wore like a dictator uniform. <laughs> uh, military. He had an ostrich feather hat, and, oh he, and he also carried God. around a military saber, yeah. like an Italian. Tell me, there's French. pictures. He, he, said, <laughs> he looks like a like a Civil War military yeah. dude, yeah. but he he's just like dressed. 
head to toe, like just luxurious. And I, I can imagine his feather being like gigantic. Or, oh, yeah, like, it's an wider. ostrich feather. Like, I, I can imagine like being dyed like red or pink, though, or something <laughs> like that, just so he could stand out. Just to go with it. <laughs> Uh, let me tell you about a couple of the other proclamations that he he made. Okay. So one was in 1872, and I actually agree with this, having lived in San Francisco before. Okay. Um, but he decided that the word Frisco was abominable, and that if anyone was caught using it, they would have to pay a $25 fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's $25 just... when? Anytime they referred to San Francisco yeah, as Frisco. Frisco. Now, it's interesting. In 1870s, some of his other proclamations, he kind of was telling the future a little bit. Hmm. He decided he made a decree that a bridge should be made between San Francisco and Oakland, which later that did happen in yes. 1936 with the opening of the Bay Bridge. And he also made a decree that a tunnel should be made connecting Bay Area to I forget where the, um, where else it was, but that later became that was built too. So this is kind of how he lived his life, you know, making decrees, and the city basically were taking care of him and all of that. Um, he had a tiny rented room. He spent his days playing chess, attending religious services, reading in libraries, and going on walks to survey his realm. I love that little line right the there. The rail, his, his realm. realm. Yeah. Okay. And um, <laughs> usually he had. <laughs> look, look, look ahead, son. <laughs> Everything the light, light touches, touches <laughs> is ours. But, it's well, our but realm. what about that dark area? <laughs> We don't, go, that, we don't go there. We that's don't Oakland. Go there. That's Oakland. <laughs> we, don't, we don't go there. That's Oakland. Don't go there. <laughs> um, and he was usually accompanied. He had two royal mutts. Oh, <laughs> what were the mutts? They were famous street mutts. So, um, but, so but their had... names were Bummer and Lazarus. So in Jan- on January 8th, 1880, during one of his usual walks, he died. From a stroke. This is why I'm a fat guy. Okay? <laughs> I, I mean, live forever you're playing and I get safe. to have tacos. So, his, of course, the San Francisco newspapers and everyone was upset, but even his death stretched out right, and even it was announced in the New York Times. So, I mean, he was known, I think he was pretty much well known throughout the United States, and Congress probably knew of him too, but obviously they didn't do anything well, about his Well, they decrees. couldn't. To acknowledge but, his existence was yeah. to acknowledge the falsity <laughs> of their government. But he was known, and even the New York Times, you know, ran something from the from the Chronicle. Um, their headline from after he died was they printed. I'm guessing it's in Latin, and it says "Le Roy est mort," which is the king is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, another paper lamented he is dead. Um, so anyway, a couple of days later, they had a funeral for him. Now one figure I saw said that 10,000 loyal subjects showed up and another I saw there were there was about maybe 30,000 people that showed up to his funeral the point so, is it's in the thousands yeah it yeah. was it, it was a big number so I mean he was really beloved so much so that even today there are still people trying to work together to get the Bay Bridge renamed to Emperor's Bridge or Emperor Norton's Dude, Bridge or even yeah so they're even actually, so in 2018, it would be the 200th anniversary of Emperor Norton's birth. And so they're, they're going to try to get it on the, the ballot as a proposition to rename um, the bridge. Well, I hope that our podcast helps with that <laughs> well, by mean, telling the story of the emperor. Yes. Yeah, because the guy pitched it way before the bridge yeah. was even built. Yeah. Then technically, you need to get credit. You need to give credit where credit is deserved. And, and that tunnel too. And I mean, the name doesn't sound bad. Emperor's Bridge. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. It's very. 
or even just let it be known as the Emperor's Bridge. It doesn't yeah. have to be officially changed yeah. to that. But, yeah. you know, so more people okay. know about Emperor Norton, mm-hmm. the great emperor of the United States. The, <laughs> the, la- the first and last Which emperor means, uh, anyone, of America. Any bum off the street could do something uh, in San Francisco, I, I huh? Dude, I don't know why, but I kind of feel that there's a lot of stories about bums becoming famous in San Francisco. I'm not lying. Do I feel <laughs> no, there's a like, lie. There's a there's lot a of lie. stories. Like, San Francisco loves to take homeless people and make them famous. <laughs> I'm going to walk to a restaurant after this job. And I'm just gonna go. I am the emperor. Give me <laughs> free how, chicken. See how that goes for you. Yeah. See how that works out. So, okay, mm-hmm. pivoting to another emperor. Okay. Okay. Interesting. The Let's do it. the story that I want to tell you guys about is about it's the story of emperor and I, by the way these are chinese names i'm going to be pronouncing these names wrong the whole time <laughs> i will not be pronouncing maybe you should have right. like google pronounce it I, for you i tried to get a google pronunciation of this guy's name but there was no pronunciation oh. like this guy Ooh. did not have it i'll do my best okay so this is a story of emperor zengde okay sanged sanged i think it's zanged how's it spelled z-h-e-n-g-d-e Zhangde? Zhangde? Uh, Zhangde. Zhangde. I'm going to call him Zhangde. Zhangde. So okay. Emperor Zhangde, okay? Nice. So, <laughs> starting with birth. So, Zhu Hu Zhao. Zhu Hu Zhao was born in 1491 as the eldest son of Emperor Hongzhi. Okay? This story takes place, again, 1491. This is where we start. One year before... Columbus sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> <laughs> this story takes place in the same time frame as Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, Henry VIII, Martin Luther. They're all contemporaries. The Reformation to, era? Oh, right, wow. To Zhu uh, Hu Zhao. Okay? So same time period. Uh, Hongzhi was the 10th Ming dynasty ruler. Zhu Hu Zhao would be the 11th. Okay. Mm. Hongzhi was the only Chinese emperor, this is the father, was the only Chinese emperor to refuse to have a harem and had only one wife. He wanted to be completely monogamous. Good for him. As a result, Hongzhi only had one child. His youngest child died as a baby. So Zhu Hu Zhao was the only Only, child. Only heir. He is the only heir to the throne. There is no competition. There's no other hope. So childhood. Hu Zhao was groomed and prepared for the throne. He was extremely bright, athletic at activities like horseback riding, and had remarkable memory. Mm. Many expected him to become one of China's greatest rulers because of his aptitude. However, his childhood was also lonely. His only friends were the eight eunuchs who cared for him, who are known collectively as the Eight Tigers. Okay. The That's le- a cool name to have. It is, it, yeah. It's a pretty badass name for guys without dicks. I mean, yeah, I, for, mean I was uh, about to say uh, the listen, same thing. Listen, uh, guys without dicks, can, at that time, you only hope for so much. Yeah. Being called the Eight Tigers is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, at it that makes time up for period. the lack of equipment. Yeah, so it's I like, mean, you know, you could, like, you know, you could walk up to a girl and say, hey. One of the I'm one of the eight tigers, baby. So, you know, I got that Wanna claw cuddle? for you rare. Want to cuddle? Because that's all I can do. <laughs> so the leader of the eight tigers was Lu Jin. And, and I, I mention it now because he's going to be an important player in the story. Okay. Interesting. Lu Jin. Okay. And by the way, if you forget, it's okay. I'll remind Lu you. Lu Jin. Next part of the story. Ascension. 
So Emperor Hongzhi's reign lasted for 18 years, and it was considered one of the golden ages of China. Uh, mm-hmm. Hongzhi was fair, hardworking. He fought government corruption. He reestablished Confucian principles within the country. He worked hard to elevate the yeah. lowest of the Chinese. Right? He, he was oh. one of the greatest Chinese rulers ever. Uh, literally, the name Hongzhi means great government. Oh, whoa. It's yeah. in the name. You it's can't go wrong with that. The name. The dude was <laughs> named and he was destined for this. So one thing worth remembering is that the life of any emperor is filled with schedules, routines, and duties to the state. Their life is very much not their own. It's not like Western rulers who have a lot of freedom in their own lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chinese rulers are controlled by their stately duties. Hongzhi died on June 8, 1505. Hu Zhao ascended to the throne on June 19, 1505. And he, and you know, when Chinese rulers ascend to the throne, they have to take on what's called a regnal name, right? Hongzhi was not his real name. Yeah. That was his regnal name. So oh. the regnal name that Hu Zhao took was, uh, God, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Zhang Dei. Zhang Dei. Zhang Dei. Zhang Dei. That's kind of like, you know, with the new pope, they get a new name. Uh, they do. Guys, I'm just going to pronounce it wrong. When I'm going to pronounce it however the hell I want. <laughs> I, I give up. So he just chose, call him the Z or something. <laughs> he, he chose the name Zhang Dei. Zhang. Zhang uh, means proper virtue, which is going to be really ironic in this story. Wait, <laughs> ironic? <laughs> yeah, it's... So Something goes wrong. <laughs> he was 13 years old when he ascended to the throne, right? I mean, that's I mean, never a good idea for a well, kid ruler. Rulers usually ascend in their teens, typically. Yeah, they do. You know, they ascend young, but he was really young. So soon after becoming the emperor, it became clear to everyone that Zheng, who had all the mental and physical qualities to be the emperor, and had been groomed his whole life to be the emperor, who had no rivals for the throne... <laughs> Did not want to be the emperor. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> the next part of the story is the leopard house. Oh, God. Oh, this so, sounds interesting. So Zheng was not interested in his wife. Why do I feel like there was prostitution involved? Because <laughs> he was one of the only emperors known to visit brothels. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right on the buddy. You called it. <laughs> No, we were like, Leopard House? I said, that sounds like some prostitution. You know when he said Leopard House? I'm like, is this the new cat house? I'm like, that's that's what I mean, it, it kind of is. It sounds house. sexy. Yeah, well, I was I mean, like, Leopard House, that sounds like some prostitution up in there. I want house. you to think like, about this. I mean, we're all like, oh, he visited brothels. He's into prostitution. But think about this, though. He could have had a harem inside his own palace. I mean, because Chinese emperors are allowed to have yeah. harems. They're allowed to but, have No, he's going against no, the he, establishment. He, no, he's a real one. He want to get it wrong. He want to get it wrong. He, he <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, he wa- he wants an STD, okay? <laughs> he wants to live on the edge. They're good I mean, enough for his people. Yeah, they're good enough for him. I mean, he is amongst the if, people. He, you don't, you, you don't want too clean. You don't want too clean. He wants his penis to shrivel and fall off, okay? Like the regular whoa, people. Whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, he called it. I mean, okay, we know. Good and stuff. He thought maybe I'll just try my luck. (laughs) That's a try. (laughs) We know that these emperors are allowed to have like a plethora of wives called Mm -hmm. concubines, a Mm -hmm. harem. Mm -hmm. I mean, hundreds, thousands, right? They're allowed to. Okay. But he chose to be like, nah, I'm going to get it raw. I'm going to go to the place (laughs) where the people get it. And who does this sound like to you from Game of Thrones? Tyrion? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Rich. Got all the money in the world, but he loved the hoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he could have had a harem at his palace, but instead he chose brothels. That's how much he didn't want to be the emperor. 
He was also uninterested in actually making decisions about state policy. He constantly avoided the royal court. He left all of his state decisions to his eunuch friend Lu Jin. Lu Jin basically became Varys in Game of Thrones. Like he became like the Varys. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Game of Thrones, right? He mm-hmm. became like the Varys of Game of Thrones. The eunuch who's just basically running the government, right? Right. This pissed off his government ministers who hated these powerful eunuchs who were in control. Mm. In 1507... Powerful eunuchs. Powerful eunuchs. Mm -hmm. In 1507, his first order was to have a 200-room palace built just outside the Forbidden City. For anybody who does not know their Chinese history, Forbidden City is the massive Chinese palace that the emperor lives in. So he built this 200-room palace outside the Forbidden City. It would cost 15,000 pounds of silver to build it. Wow. And he called this palace Baofang, which translates to the leopard house. (laughs) (laughs) So he 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 built his own leopard house. He built built his own brothel? He built a 200-room brothel. Mm. (laughs) Wait, so now, man, can you imagine how many hoes you can have up in there? Listen, emperors of China, 200 nothing. Those guys are hitting like... No, but I'm talking about... Think about all the women you could have in there that yeah. you could say legally are yours. Like, they well, just yes. like, I own them. He was a pimp, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, he was a pimp. by the way, it was called this for a very simple reason. Uh huh. Yeah, because actual upwards in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it housed numerous exotic animals. Oh, wow. <laughs> Like tigers and leopards. So, yes, it was called the Leopard House, literally. Literally. Literally a house of tigers and leopards and wild wild cats. Tigers and bears, oh my. So he would often release these animals and stage hunting parties for them. And he would spend weeks on these hunts. Why does he sound like a party boy? Instead of actually ruling (laughs) the country. Once he was mauled so badly by a tiger <laughs> that he didn't go to court for a month. <laughs> well, yeah, now, you were mauled by a tiger. Was this one of the eight tigers? <laughs> or... Oh, no, 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 this wasn't the eunuchs. This was oh, the this real... wasn't the eunuchs? No, this was the real tiger. Okay. So he got mauled oh. by real, live, actual cats. Surprised he lived to tell the tale he was yeah, mauled that's surprising. by a tiger. Uh, the majority of his time spent in the leopard house was with a small army of bodyguards. He and the bodyguards hosted parties regularly with musicians, entertainers, wrestlers, criminals, gamblers, and lots of drinking. So, I mean, it was a frat house. It was, it was a frat house. It was, it, was it, was like a it was basically a frat house. By the way, tangent, but there, this is a totally different story to tell, but there was a Chinese ruler at one point before this guy who believed in strength over intelligence. He kicked out all the intellectuals from his government, and he hired only anybody who can, like, lift. Oh, my God. Like, his whole thing was, if you can lift, you can run the government. <laughs> and, and, dude, and, he, and people, and he regularly said, if you want a high position in this government, come lift, and if you can outlift me, I'll give you a position. At one point, this one dude, and, and his whole thing was, even if you can't outlift, outlift him he's just like that's cool man bro you proved your your strength you're in (laughs) at one point this one dude challenged him to lift a cauldron that dude lifted he pressed the cauldron the emperor tried to lift the cauldron sorry they weren't pressing they were like like deadlifting from the ground up oh my god so the other the other guy did it the other guy deadlifted the cauldron the emperor tried to deadlift the cauldron but his knees gave out (gasps) and the cauldron crushed him 
So, oh, so the remaining Chinese government hunted down this dude and his entire family and killed him. <gasps> but he was just doing what the emperor told I him know. to do. Oh, that's that's the problem. And never again was lifting allowed to determine <laughs> well, Chinese I mean, that state makes policy. Sense, but that wasn't the dude's fault. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it was a big party, right? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when you think about it, it was kind of like like I said, a bunch of bros throwing parties. So it was kind of <laughs> like it was kind of like Animal House, but. You know, it was like Animal House, but instead of the principal shouting like Animal House, it's basically like the Chinese government shouting Leopard House. <laughs> and, and, and plus everybody was speaking Chinese. <laughs> so at one point, he decided to store a huge cache of gunpowder inside the palace courtyard. Why do I feel like it's like a pe- yeah, this is gonna be a petty disaster so, right here. Again, he stored gunpowder uh-huh. in the palace courtyard. Mm-hmm. He did that. Right before a lantern festival. Oh, oh God. God. So he burned the palace. He burned the palace. A portion of the Forbidden City went up in a fireball <laughs> and it. burned to the ground. I guess Book Smarts doesn't teach you some things, huh? He refused to live there and lived in various palaces within the city while the palace, the Forbidden City, yeah, was, was repaired. Yeah. He refused to go to court during, his, during, during, during this time and ignored his court ministers. Basically, he burned down his own palace. That's how much he didn't want to be the emperor. <laughs> Take a hint, China. <laughs> Around 1510, he stopped storing exotic animals at the leopard house, and instead, he started collecting exotic women. Oh, God. So he moved oh. his harem into the leopard house. So instead of in the Forbidden City, yeah. now they're living in the leopard house. Like he and his men would sometimes raid the homes of wealthy families and kidnap their daughters. <laughs> he did it for the thrills and then would ransom the daughters back to the families. Oh, of course. All that's coming to my mind is from Mel Brooks. Dude, dude, this guy. And they did daughter raids. <laughs> he, they did daughter yes. raids. Leopard house. <laughs> Leopard house. And I'll, I'll, all I add is from Mel Brooks, it's good to be the king. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, this guy, though, by the way, he's already unpopular in China because he won't run the government. But on top of that, he's kidnapping the wealthy daughters in and then China. Like, you want them back give me money <laughs> remember this also he's very intelligent he's very athletic he just really didn't want to be emperor so was he doing this so he could get kicked out or what I don't know I mean sounds how you, like how it. do you get kicked out when you're the only heir to the throne though? no someone's gonna there's gonna be like some military coup or something I mean you know? you're asking yeah. for an assassination so, yeah. okay basically though here's the thing uh his harem in the leopard house consisted not only of Chinese women, because he's getting exotic women. Yeah. He's one of the first emperors to get exotic women. He's importing women. He's importing. <laughs> he got women of different ethnicities. He especially was interested in Muslim women. Where's, he, was, where's he getting it from? I'm the the just Silk Road. I know, I know he's the king, but where's he getting these the women? The Silk Road. You can get anything like, on the Silk Road. I feel road. like I have a song for him, like... Nick Candace, I'm a gigolo, spinning lots of dough. <laughs> Throughout his reign, he just continued collecting women in the leopard house. Now, collecting. But by the way, oh I'm going to jump ahead to 1520 really quick because okay. right now we're in the 1500s, like early 1510s. Okay. But I'm going to jump ahead to 1520, but then we're going to jump back. Okay. Because I need to tell you the end of the leopard house. The, by 1520, the towards the end of his reign, yeah. the leopard house had thousands of women living within it in a 200-room <laughs> palace, remember? There was not enough food or accommodations, so many of these women died of starvation. Oh, wow. Thousands of women. Thousands, because he just put thousands of women in a 200-room palace. And, he I mean, he, he didn't even sleep with most of these women. He just collected. Just to have them. 
It sounds yeah. like somebody who just loved women that much. Where he well, just wanted to it just it sounds like a Chinese emperor because that's kind of like <laughs> sounds like something did. it would do. Yeah, oh. people are starving. I have women. <laughs> the <laughs> okay, can we have one story that's not going to lead to cannibalism? <laughs> next part of the story, right? So the next part of the story is called the faux market. I want to clarify, not pho market, the pho market. The pho market. market. Dude, you got so, me about food now. So Zhang wanted to know what it was like to live as a commoner. Of course. So mm. in 1507, he had an entire replica of a city marketplace built inside the Forbidden City. <laughs> oh, my god! He had an entire replica built in the Forbidden City in his palace. He had the eunuchs, the women, the soldiers, and the government officials play the role of commoners, merchants, and customers. He just created a giant stage play. He created a stage play. <laughs> he wanted to be no, normal No, make-believe. So he wanted bad. to play make-believe. He, he was. So if they refused, he would punish them or remove them from their positions. Sometimes he liked to play the role of a shopkeeper. And <laughs> so people would come into a shop and he would sell them like vases oh and things like that. Oh my god. Other times he just wanted he wandered and pretended to be a street commoner <laughs> and watched as the servants played these roles. You street know, rat. Yeah, people would look down on him and he liked to feel like he was a you and know, then he found a Princess commoner. Jasmine this, this and they went like, on a flying carpet. There's like some type of like mental disorder. Yes, there point. is. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have like thousands of women. Yeah. I guess this is how he got it up. He just, he's like, oh, call me a street rat. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to remind you of all this, this, this role playing he did. That's how much he didn't want to be the emperor. <laughs> Again, he, yeah. He wanted people to treat him like a commoner. But commoner. like this role play seemed like he wanted that to become his actual life though. Yeah. Like that's kind of scary. <laughs> so around 1510, Zeng slowly began to take power away from his government ministers and place authority in Lu Jin and the eunuchs. Lu Jin reinforced this kind of behavior by helping Zhang sneak out of the palace sometimes to see the outside world without supervision. This leaves Lu Jin and the eunuchs with absolute power to rule in his stead. They ruled China for four years while Zhang avoided his duties. <laughs> Lu Jin mercilessly crushed any protests or demonstrations that resisted the eunuch rule. So going back to Game of Thrones, he was like, you, Lu Jin yeah. was kind of like Varys yes. mixed with Theon Greyjoy or basically just Theon Greyjoy after book three, yes, season three. Yeah, that's why I was like, uh, no, that, no, he is Theon Greyjoy <laughs> after, after season, season three. three. He, is, he is literally right. Theon Greyjoy after season three. Okay, so <laughs> next, Prince Zhu, Zhu Zifan uh, or Zhu Zifan, the Prince of Anhua, rebelled against Lu Jin and the Eight Tigers. Lu Jin had impl implemented heavy taxes on many regions, so that's why the prince rebelled. Mm. Zheng put down the rebellion, and he, but he learned at that time that no one trusted the Eight Tigers. So he ordered that the quarters of the Eight Tigers be searched. Inside, during the search, they found the emperor's robes, the royal seal to issue commands, yeah. and many weapons. One of those weapons was a fan that the eunuchs used to fan the emperor. Inside that fan was a hidden knife. <gasps> it was also discovered that the eunuchs stole 36 million pounds of gold and silver. What? And I'm not, that's not like pounds currency. That's like pounds. Yeah, oh, we're talking millions of pounds. pounds. That's like, yeah. That's like billions of dollars. That's like, yeah. like you know. So it was, <laughs> it was an ungodly amount of money. Yes. So it was believed that Lu Jin planned to murder the emperor and place his own grandchild on the throne. 
the eight tigers were executed. Lu Jin, especially, was for his treason, yeah. was tied to a post and cut three thousand three hundred fifty-seven <sighs> times over a period of three days. Whoa! He died a. Sl- that's what you call a literally a slow, painful <laughs> yeah. death. They just did paper cuts. Small out of cuts. <laughs> small cuts with knives and swords and things like that. Yeah, but so three he- days. But here's the thing, though. 3,357 cuts, he died on the second day after 400 cuts, but they just kept cutting him. (laughs) And in fact, if it took two days to do 400 cuts, they even sped up how much they cut him. Now listen, I want you to follow this, right? If they sped up how much they cut him from the second day to the third day, either the executioners thought he was resisting them because of how quiet he was being, Or the executioners were really lazy. They were just coasting. They didn't want to actually go do work on actual living people that <laughs> needed to be killed. Like, no, we got to stay here. We got to like, keep an eye on kept, this one. They just kept cutting the dead guy. I'm just going to cut so, the guy for like an extra day. Because they were just day. like, oh, well, yeah, an extra he, no, day no, of not he's working. Still alive. Yeah, oh, he's still oh, alive. Oh, they're poking in, the guy for in a while. imperial China in the 1500s. There were a lot of people who didn't want to do their jobs. <laughs> Emperors didn't want. Emperors the, wanted to be common. They were the, the fifteen hundred millennials. They were the fifteen hundred millennials of China, the ancient millennials. So escaping the palace. So in fifteen seventeen, Zhang figured out how to escape the palace on his own. He oh. made his way secretly to the city of of Huanfu. In Huanfu, he heard he could find. I'm not even joking. The best music and the best women. <laughs> So, I mean, it, I mean, tell I'm not, me he does not sound like Tyrion right now, <laughs> dude. I mean, here's the thing: I, 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 there was no jazz at this time, but basically, think of of Huan Fu as like the jazz town of that era. I totally was thinking like, yeah, yeah. kind of like going to New York in it's, the 20s and finding the it's jazz like, clubs. And I mean, it's I, like I, it's like the Harlem of New York, yeah, or like the totally St. Louis yeah. of St. Louis of like New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, like it was like the best music, the best women. He's the emperor. He could have had any woman he wanted, but he instead wanted to pick up women at clubs. That's what he wanted to do. He's like, I want to go to the clubs and pick up women there, though. I believe they made this movie as Bob with this. It was called Coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to be the king. It's good to be, good the, to be, king. be the king. So he would visit Huan Fu three times over a period of three years. He would spend six months there per visit. Now think about that. That, that means he is a spent year and a half. A year and a half in three, three years. years. He spent half of three years so in this. Half the year he he there, and then the other half he, he spent home. a year and a half as a pickup artist in Huan Fu. <laughs> <laughs> And and really, what you have to consider is, did anyone back at the Capitol wonder, where's the emperor? I don't think they did. I don't think so. Maybe they were just glad to be rid of the guy who didn't want, burning down the palace. They probably never saw him on a regular basis anyway. Killing the harem. Bringing thousands of hoes. (laughs) (laughs) Kidnapping wealthy wealthy girls. Yeah, the fire starter's not here anymore. That's great. (laughs) So during these visits, he met Li Fang the sister of an innkeeper and a singer. I mean, this just <laughs> sells itself. She's just in a club just singing like, you know. Singing the blues. Singing blues. <laughs> yeah. And he like, she got the light on her and he just like fell starstruck. Baby, <laughs> you get my heart going crazy. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so their love affair, so they fell in love and had a brief love affair, but she died soon after. Oh. 
Their love affair was the inspiration for the Chinese opera called The Dragon and the Phoenix. So the next part of the story, and I hope you guys love this because this only gets more ridiculous. <laughs> this, this oh. is, the next section is General Zhu Zhao. Okay? okay. Around 1518, Zheng introduced his ministers, soldiers, and servants to his most trusted general, General Zhu Zhao. No one had ever heard of Zhu Zhao before, not even the soldiers. <laughs> Zhang walks out of the room. Then General Zhu Zhao walks into the room to introduce himself. Zhang basically walks back into the room wearing military garments and a wig to convince <laughs> his subjects that he was this mysterious general. I'm not joking. He literally walked out, walked back in in a military uniform and a wig, and called himself General Zhu Zhao. He created Zhu alter ego. He had multiple personality disorder. That's what was wrong with him. Everyone basically had to go along with the ruse and act as though General Zhu Zhao was a real person oh, because man. he was the emperor and they had to do what That's he said. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's how much Zhang didn't want to be the emperor. No, I think he lost it after that. <laughs> I think he wasn't himself. Did he talk to himself as the as the as the general? Well, we'll get to that a little bit. I mean, he didn't talk to himself because he was the general, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he talked to them as the general, and whenever he wanted to talk to them as the emperor, he would change he back. Changed. What is this, Mrs. Doubtfire? He goes to the back, changes up. <laughs> Hello! Oh, oh I'll this go is, get the king. This is Fred Flintstone doing the whole, you know, staying at home with the wife, but also going to the water, the, the, the yeah. water, yeah. the moose lodge, <laughs> yeah. that whole thing. So Zhu Xiao and, the, and Zhang were never in the same room at the same time, <laughs> but no one could question that. I also have to remind you of Zhang's real name is Zhu Hu Zhao. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Zhu Hu Zhao was the emperor. Zhu Zhao was the general. That's like if Bill Clinton suddenly introduced his most trusted military advisor named General Bob Clinton. <laughs> you know, or like, or like Donald Trump is like, this is my most trusted military advisor, Ronald Trump. <laughs> Which, I mean, that sounds he, he way more plausible. Like, wasn't it? He, there was a question about that doctor's note that was admitted for him. <laughs> and it was like his weird signature. And it might have been Donald Trump. Dr. Ronald Dr. Trump. Dr. Ronald, Ronald Trump. Trump. So acting as the general Zhu Zhao, Zheng led expeditions into Mongolian territory to stop Mongolian raiders. Hmm. His army defeated an army of thousands of Mongolians. General Zhu Zhao earned their respect along with the nickname of the Little Prince. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. I don't know if the Mongolians knew he was the emperor. <laughs> no, see, that's right there, Napoleon complex, and he lost it. <laughs> so the Mongolians never raided into Chinese territory for the rest of his reign after that. Now imagine everything that I just said about the Mongolians and General Zhu Zhao, the Little Prince, everything, with one additional detail added to it. He made... Oh. General Zhu Zhao made all of his soldiers wear brightly colored silk uniforms while fighting the Mongolians. There was no reason for it. They were all wearing silk. Was he in the closet? I just want to know. They were the most fabulous army they were in fabulous. Imperial China. Fabulous. Because I'm thinking about everything adds up to me now. Like you had all these women, but you didn't sleep with the majority of them. You just had them for collections. So you probably had them for their clothes. And then he just wanted then, their wardrobe. And then, and then you choose a flamboyantly bright color. <laughs> 
for your pe- for your people to fight the Mongolians. It probably took him off guard. And then, and then you dressing up as another character. Dude, dude he just wanted to be he a shopkeeper who sold clothes. That's that's that, that fabulous clothes that in China. He is just. So what you're telling me is he is good at everything except for being king. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He was a good military general. And no, like, no, it. that's the world's greatest actor right yeah. there. <laughs> he was a method actor. He method became actor. what oh, he yeah. had to do. No, he was everything but uh, an emperor. Like, yeah. I, I'm thinking, like, yeah, you played almost every single role. You played a pimp. You played a kidnapper. You played a shopkeeper. Uh, 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 a Romance pimp. does a songstress. Yeah. Yeah. You play, you're playing a, a, a military person. like yeah. Fashion designer. Yeah. Jack. <laughs> Head of a frat. Head of a frat. That's a house. <laughs> so he honored General Zhu Zhao with a new title, General of the Army of Greater Valor. The title was entirely made up. There's, <laughs> there is no such thing. He just made yeah. it up. No, like he has yeah. to. There's no way. Well, here's the thing. The title held new responsibilities. Exploration and inspection of the northern frontier. Of course, the general of the army of greater valor, valor must explore the northern realm. Of course. Mm-hmm. His ministers begged him to keep General Zhu Zhao at the capital. <laughs> they were like, please, don't send General Zhu Zhao to explore the He's northern territory. He's the best thing that ever happened to us. you got to keep him here. But, but the emperor says, no, 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 it's okay. I'm only sending the general to the expedition. I'll stay, but you know, <laughs> he's not this, really staying. This dude right here. <laughs> In 1519, Prince Zhu Shenhua led, and by the way, when I heard Prince Zhu Shenhua, I'm like, don't tell me it's another, <laughs> it's another alter ego. It is a different dude. Prince Zhu Shenhua led what was called the Prince of Ning Rebellion. Dressed as General Zhu Zhao, Zhang oh arrived to put down the rebellion but found that one of his local administrators already captured the rebel prince's army. Zhang was upset that he didn't get to be the one to capture I the prince. I wanted to play that role. Yeah, he wanted to be the, the hero of this story. <laughs> oh. He made so him release him. He ordered all the enemy soldiers and the rebel prince to be released. <laughs> he wanted to capture them. Oh my god, why This is 1519. Yeah. Why are you doing In this? In 1521, he was finally able to defeat and capture the rebel prince Zhu Shenhua. It took him two years after releasing them. What's wrong with you? The prince was executed later that year. <laughs> I mean, he just got like a stay of, of, of yeah, execution, exactly. basically. So when he returned to the capital, the government, so the Zheng and his army, but he's General yeah. Zhu Zhao at this point. When General Zhu Zhao returned to the capital with his army, he was accused of impersonating the emperor. <laughs> So the government is finally like, you're impersonating the emperor. You're not really the emperor. The oh, it worked mi- backwards. Wait, wait. So the ministers were so pissed, they accused the emperor of impersonating a guy who is accused of impersonating the emperor. <laughs> this is getting all sorts of meta. Yeah, this, is meta. Just, this sounds like a headache now. <laughs> Zhang ignored them and never changed his ways. Like they were trying to make a point. Yeah. And he was just like, but fuck it, leopard house. <laughs> so okay so the next his death okay Okay. in 1520 he went on an expedition for war so when he departed all of his ministers tried to stop him by blocking the army's path they begged him to fulfill his duties as emperor and sign some state policy forms yeah just just they're waving these forms while like (laughs) on the road just Just sign it before we go just please sign it he's like uh no 
<laughs> I'll be right you know what? back. He- or, or he actually, you know what he probably said? He's probably just like, I can't sign it. I'm General Zhu Xiao. Uh, I can't. Only the emperor. I can't can write in his hand. I don't know his handwriting. <laughs> so he refused, and he had them whipped. So he just had the ministers whipped. Some actually died from the floggings, like because he was just like, "Get him off the road! I got a war to fight." Some tried to resign, but he refused to accept their resignations. And I'm not joking, specifically because he knew no one else would want the job. (laughs) He's like, "I can't find anybody else to be a minister." So so you ignore their resignations. Dang, I can't get out this job. (laughs) So he left them in their post and went to war again. He was returning to Beijing after the battle. Mm -hmm. He was also drunk. Of course, of course he was. Of so course. giant freaking frat party. Of he course was he's drunk. He was also drunk. He saw some fishermen in small boats along the Grand Canal. <laughs> decided to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> he decided. <laughs> Dude, I'm not wait, sure. Wait, wait, wait. Is he gonna become a? Who's that guy from that I'm episode not, of Avatar that just kept shaking his hat? Dude, I'm the cabbage salesman. <laughs> Dude, I'm not shitting you. He decided to impersonate the fishermen. <laughs> He's uh, what was wrong with this guy? Emperor sees fishermen. Emperor wants to be, to be fishermen. We should not be able to call these. This is terrible. <laughs> so he dressed as the fishermen, and then he rowed out in a small boat to meet them. But he's not a fisherman. Of course, <laughs> he's never been to sea or <laughs> out. What he capsized? He sank. He, he capsized. <laughs> <laughs> And he needed to be rescued. <laughs> and the minister said, like, hmm, I don't well, know. He's, they, prob- well, they probably just said, like, well, that's not the emperor. That's General Zhu <laughs> We don't have to rescue that guy. You know, there was a, they know there was a moment's hesitation. Yeah. They were like, I don't, you know, I left my swimsuit he didn't back sign. at the palace. He didn't he, sign. He didn't sign the rescue form. Uh, we don't have lifeguards yeah, in China. You know, he didn't sign the form. We forms. needed this in triplicate. Yeah. So uh, I don't uh, know. Policy. <laughs> like, yeah. He keeps telling us he's the king. I don't think so. Yeah. King will be out here. King's back at the palace. He's, he's the leper the house. He's, yeah, he's, he's just, you know. Uh, I don't know, oh. man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, if, if China was anything, they followed policy. Yeah. It's Confucian China. <laughs> of course. Bureaucracy. You gotta have so paperwork. He got some kind of illness. I mean, like some kind of pneumonia or something. Yeah. But he caught some kind of illness. He was rescued, but he caught some kind of illness. He died soon after. Okay. I cannot stress this enough. He died as he lived, not wanting to be the emperor. <laughs> Like, he died not wanting to be the emperor. That is somebody who just couldn't get out of anything to say. Like, literally, I think he thought about it. I, you know what? I think he planned it. I'm going to tell you why. Because he's like, dang, I really can't get Dude. out of this. I didn't burn. I didn't slept with the hoes. Like, I didn't impersonate a general. Remember, I, I started a war against the barbarians. Party. Remember this. In China... You know, the emperor is seen as a son of God, right? Yeah. In mm-hmm. China and Japan, they're seen as God mm-hmm. in the flesh, right? So his whole thing is, you know, he's looking out at the fishermen. <laughs> he's looking at the fishermen in the water. What do you think? And, he was Jesus Christ? Well, he no. Off the top he, of water? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not be... <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised knowing this guy. He's like, you know what? Next, I want to be Jesus. <laughs> If if he can walk on the water, I so can, can I. Oh my god! I <laughs> it's it's kind of sad though because he doesn't want to be king. He yeah. just wants he keeps pretending no, to no, be common people. He's like, I don't want to be king. I want to be God. 
<laughs> well, here's the thing, though. My whole thing is just basically he looked at the fisherman in the water, and he looked back at you know his army. He looked back at his kingdom, and he pointed his kingdom, and he's just like, God is not out there. God is out there. <laughs> points to the fisherman. I'm going to be Jesus today. <laughs> <laughs> so the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Zhang had no children. How do you have no children? He had thousands of women. How do you how do you get that access to that many women and you got no bastard kids? Like how does that happen? Well, clearly he did a very poor job. Whatever it is. Well, if he had a bastard child, would he be allowed to be in reign? No, no, it's true. No, no, concubine. The remember this. The concubines, there's a difference between prostitutes and brothels. Well, yeah, concubine was an appointed... A yeah, concubine yeah. is considered a second wife. So all the women in the leopard it, it house could, it, were not brothel women. It, they it, were could, it could concubines. be that he impregnated all those he, women, no, he but did. he didn't have any concubine. He did have... Pregnancies. He, no, he had pregnancies, but none of them survived. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he did, but... Oh, they, his soldiers was weak. Okay. All his soldiers was weak. Because, like, uh, maybe yeah. they he had... He wasn't also, good at he, everything. He, yeah, he, no. he had great... Silk covered soldiers, <laughs> but not down there soldiers. No, or his I, soldiers felt like, uh, his, I just don't want to be a parent today. Goodbye. His, I, soldiers, I his to- soldiers can fight Mongolians, but they can't get past that boundary of <laughs> pregnancy. The, I, I've yeah. come to one conclusion. He hated being king so much, he didn't want any of his offspring to be king. Like, I'm not going to flick my children being king. So it his, sucks. Right. So his offspring will be like, you know what? I'm going to just lay up here next to the uterus. I ain't going to get there. How you doing? Dude, dude, his sperm didn't want to be a person. His sperm is just like, nah, I'll just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. The, 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 the sperm, his sperm are looking at the egg and they're like, nah. God is not in there. God is out there. <laughs> He's probably like, save it, save it. We're going to the leopard house. <laughs> so uh, the throne passed to one of his nephews, Zhu uh, Hukong. So in his brief moments of actual seriousness, Zhang was actually a great ruler, though, during his brief moments. When he actually went to court and made state decisions, they were all very wise decisions. Every decision he made, seriously, was good. Except he rarely went to court to actually make decisions. Uh, in fact, the first European contact was made during his rule. Um, and he started European trade yeah. during his rule. The first Portuguese established an embassy in Beijing. Zhang was cool with the Portuguese. Because remember, they were giving him Portuguese women to bang. But after the death of Zhang, they were driven out of China. The Chinese actually would later go to war against the Portuguese, and they would murder the ever-loving shit out of every Portuguese trader, diplomat, soldier, and missionary that came near China. In 1557, they finally let the Portuguese back into China, and that's when they founded the city of Macau, the famous Mm -hmm. city of Macau. Zhang's antics left the Ming dynasty in ruins and was the start of the fall of his bloodline. Some say that his decisions to avoid his duties was actually a tactical decision. He wasn't stupid. He did it on purpose because the government of China was gridlocked by bureaucracy. His refusal to take action crippled the political process implemented by the ministers. Other emperors after him also refused to go to court. But he inspired that idea because bureaucracy was so bad in Confucian China that he crippled them. So the end result of all of this is that he was dumb but not so dumb. <laughs> so there was a method to his madness? There was a method to his madness. Well, Don't give him too much credit. <laughs> some also feel, some people also feel sorry for him because he may have just wanted an ordinary life. Yeah. But he yeah. never wanted to be the king, you know? 
personally, my opinion of him is that I think he was a troll who just wanted to <laughs> test the limits of what the emperor can get away yeah. with. I think so I think too. So. Yeah, I, I think, think so. he was a troll. He had to be. I think he just yeah. really wanted to see what he could actually get away with. Yeah. Only because, like, that water thing. Come on now. <laughs> like, you you know. <laughs> now, he didn't say that he wanted to walk on water. He just wanted to be a fisherman. No, but I'm just saying. I said, you know you were testing your limits with that whole fisherman thing. You know you can't swim. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, before we go, Brendan, do you have anything you want to shout out? Yeah, shout out to my internet company. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. You almost ruined the episode. <laughs> uh, Ken, anything you want? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Courtney? Just the usual. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us. Leave, leave us, us reviews. Leave us reviews, leave us reviews that's, please. That's important. We want to get the, some reviews in. Yeah. So leave us reviews on Contact iTunes and, and Google Play. Email us at ryananushardead at gmail.com. Swipe right. Swipe right. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, Ania, do you have anything you want to shout out or promote? No, just uh, thanks for the experience. And it felt good to be back in the station, like, actually doing this. This is very exciting. Um, I'm sad I didn't get to meet Ryan, sadly. but um, One day. One day. <laughs> yeah. One day. But yeah. babies are a must. So yeah. um, you guys want to follow me on Instagram? It's B-I-Z-I-E-R-K. And you guys know it. Just uh, keep going through and stay peaceful. All right, cool. And, uh, well, the, I've got nothing I want to promote. So thanks, guys, for joining us on this episode. Join us again next week. It'll, I, be, I, inter- well, it'll be interesting. We'll, interesting. We won't be here next week. They me won't, and Courtney. Courtney so, and so Ken won't, that. but we'll see how it goes. Uh, the song that we are ending on is... Uh, Dizzy by Joaquim Karud. Um, so hey, thanks for joining us, guys, and we will catch you later. Take care. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. <laughs>